Welcome to Theologies of Disruption with me, James, from Pastoria. As we get started with Disruptive Theologies, which in the past was a podcast called The Last Seminary, uh, just the same name as the continuing education arm of Pastoria, which we're calling The Last Seminary. We're going to kind of just lay some foundational principles about what it is that we're trying to talk about here. And the first thing that I thought I would share is a story that I don't share with anybody. It's kind of ironic that it has to be shared now. But then at the same time, maybe it's something that happened for a reason. And now if you're listening to this, you're listening to it because of some kind of special reason. Something that happened over a decade ago, but that has stayed with me for all this time. It was when I was going through seminary, and I don't mean that in any kind of pejorative sense when I say I was going through seminary. I was simply a student, and um, it was a really great experience, by the way. And at the same time, I was in a relationship with the person who ultimately uh, became my spouse, thank God. But in trying to test this person uh, to see whether or not she would be the quote-unquote right person for me, what I did was I decided one day to meet up with her and uh, go to like the mega church of the Southern California region. I don't even really want to say the name right now, and that doesn't really matter. And uh, what matters is the reason for going there, which was, well, pretty much that we went there and we sat somewhat outside there, you know, what they don't, I don't think they call it a sanctuary, but what what I would call a sanctuary. And uh, I said, you know, um, take a good look around. And I want to know if you could imagine yourself uh, being the spouse of a pastor whose church is going to be this big. Because, man, uh, I had great dreams, big dreams of uh, becoming ordained or in the process of becoming ordained, coming up with a church this big. And uh, I know that a lot of people have something uh, to say against the pastor who who kind of built that church when he was like 27 is when he started. And, and people have something to say about churches being that big and so on and so forth. Uh, you know, all of that criticism aside, uh, there's only a handful of people who were from that early on of age uh, grasp what it is that god had put on their heart and 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 to move forward with it and get to that kind of a point and uh and what i wanted to know was if the person that i wanted to be with for the rest of my life is a person who could handle that who can handle that who can handle a dream that big the excuse me dreams that i had uh, came from many, many different sources. But that not being the point, the point was that that's where I was going. 
And I wanted to be with someone who's going to be able to uh, go there with me. Little did I know, many, many years afterwards, this is many, sometime even after we got married, that what she had in mind for me and where I would end up is or was even bigger than what I had in mind at the time. To be clear, and to repeat what I'm trying to say, was while I was the one trying to test and see if she had what it took to handle my big dreams, the reality was that she had even bigger dreams in mind. For me, as I described to her, and as I would tell her, these are the kinds of things that I want to do. And these are the kinds of things that are on my mind. And these are the kinds of things that I think that, that somehow the opportunities to do that will be made available to me because, I don't know, somehow this has been placed in my heart and in my life by God. What does that tell me? A lot of things. A lot of things, but really what... I go back to is the story in the Bible about Joseph and his dreams. And quite honestly, maybe it's just me, but it's been my experience in the United Methodist Church and and in my faith formation in general, which spanned many different actually denominations and traditions. I don't want to say many, but inside and outside of the United Methodist Church, that dreams are not so emphasized. What is emphasized is calling. And there's nothing wrong with that. But in the Bible itself, I'm sorry to say that dreams are there. And I want to make a declaration here on this quote-unquote first episode of this new kind of direction we're going in with this podcast, which is that dreams are what will propel us collectively as the body of Christ or the people of God or ministry leaders, whatever we want to call ourselves, into the future. It will not be our calling. It will not be our education. It will not be our experience. It will not be our ordination. It will not be those things that propel us into the future, I'm sorry to say that the future belongs to those of us who can, C-A-N, whose ability to dream is strong and healthy. You know, when we talk about what it means for there to be continuing education for clergy and ministry leaders, and for that matter, what it means for clergy and ministry leaders to engage in self-care. This is what I think it means. It means before we begin to try and learn some new skills or to develop some kind of new strategy or to find a way to assess where our congregation is in its life cycle or whatever, or perhaps more importantly, uh, before we begin to critique the performance of others that we see inside of our denomination or our colleagues or our lay people or our clergy persons, whatever, uh, as we are living in the life of a de- denomination where we love to 
try and convey these kinds of things. Really, what it means for us to care for ourselves and to continue our education is to check on our ability, on our ability, our natural, God-given ability to dream. To dream. And I will end with this, the reason for this, because dreams are rarely the kind of thing that helps us stay comfortable where we are at. Dreams are rarely the kind of thing where we kind of come out of it thinking, oh good, I'm glad I am where I am. I'm glad things are the way that they are. Dreams are rarely like that. And there's a reason for that. Because dreams are themselves, I'm sorry to say, you may not believe it, a means of grace because it is a means of transformation. It is another technology of God to bring about new realities and to upend the present order. And dreams are not about do we have the right theology or are we of the uh, right political persuasion or something like that or are we on the right side of a resolution or what? None of these things. Dreams have to do with something that is deeper from which all of these things need to come out. And we have to ask ourselves in these pandemic times, what has happened to our ability to dream? Because I'm going to go out on a limb here. I'm going to take a risk and say that many of us, and there's no such judgment against it or because of it or such blaming that we are in this kind of situation, but we have gone into kind of shelter mode. I'm not talking about being safe from the virus. Everyone should do that. But shelter mode in terms of let's not make any changes. Let's not take any risks. Let's look back towards where we came from and try and go back there. Let's not have any sense of what forward means. In fact, let's be fearful of it because it is tough for us to envision it. But could you imagine that being the words of Joseph, or for that matter, Jesus of Nazareth? It seems that during these Lenten times, particularly as we enter Holy Week, it is incumbent upon us to remind ourselves that Jesus of Nazareth, Jesus the Christ, was a dream that people could not handle and therefore rejected. It upended. It's a dream that would upend the current order and bring about a new reality that was difficult for people to grasp. Few did. Those who Jesus saw on the way to, to that mountaintop, to that hilltop. And those whose presence were rarely acknowledged but to those who did they did so because their ability to dream was strong and healthy this is the challenge for us ministry leaders during these times it's not just to keep things afloat it's to find ways of making things shoot up into the sky where when we look up, we see 
the stars, one of which was shining bright when this whole thing about Jesus all started. May we begin, if we have not done so yet, to dream the kinds of dreams that move us from our comfortability. Thanks for being open to another Theology of Disruption, or at least another episode of Such. This is a podcast of The Last Seminary, which is the continuing education agency of Pastoria. You can learn more about The Last Seminary. I know it's tough to believe, but it's at thelastseminary.co. Thelastseminary.co. We'll see you next time for another episode of Theologies of Disruption. Thanks.